You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I am your host, Mia Danielle. Now, the thing that I want to talk to you about today is something that has really been on my mind and just weighing on my heart for a long time now, like for the past couple of weeks, I've been like, I really want to talk about this. I feel like it's something that people need to talk about. And it's not fun to talk about. Nobody really likes talking about the things that we're going to talk about today. Um, And what, what we're going to be talking about is toxic home and home environments. And I'm not talking about chemical toxins. I'm talking more about relationship type of toxic environments. So, you know, I've been I've been really putting this off because some of the the subjects that I want to discuss are things related to like abuse and addiction. All of these things which are really going rampant right now. Um abuse is up like 40% in a lot of areas. Domestic violence, um just you know, people are being forced to be in close quarters together and relationships that were already toxic and abusive are now it's ramping up, you know, understandably, like if you're already in that type of situation, and now you're like stuck together in close quarters for an extended period of time. It's like some of the stories that I've read online and on the news and stuff. It just really enrages me. (laughs) This is something that I just I am so just enraged and passionate about kind of in a weird way. Like it, it drives me insane. I cannot, I cannot even, I just can't even, you know, I can't, fathom what it would be like to be in that type of situation. I'm not the type of person who would be able to, I would say, put up with that, maybe. Maybe that's the wrong wording. But it just, it drives me insane to know that things like that are happening and that people are treating other people that way. Um, And then addiction is another thing that's really, now that we are, a lot of people are not having to go to work. So if they were already prone to doing some kind of drugs or to drinking a lot of alcohol Well, now they have the opportunity to do it even earlier. And now they're surrounded by other people who might possibly be triggers for them. And things can get really out of control. So I mean, not just that. I mean, I also want to just talk about general toxic environments. Like what do you do when you're home all day in an environment that feels negative, it feels depressing and disgusting. And, and this is your space. Because I know that a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, maybe that is your reality. Maybe you are trapped in that type of space and hearing somebody talk about, oh, we'll just go and declutter and that'll make everything better. Doesn't even seem fathomable right now, you know. So I want to talk about these things, these ugly, negative, toxic things that are actually happening right now. And I've been putting it off um, I've been putting it off because I am not an expert in any of these things. And I felt like, you know, I really want to wait until I could get somebody who's an expert in addiction and an expert in domestic violence and, you know, get them scheduled. But at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, I would still maybe like to do that and have some professionals come on and talk. But I feel like people need to hear that somebody out there can can 
you know, feel what's going on to them and cares, and that there are resources out there. And, you know, just maybe even some some takeaways for some of the situations that aren't quite so severe, but maybe just kind of a negative household vibe. You know, I can definitely help out with some things like that. Because I I've been in those types of situations. I've never been in a like a domestic violence type of situation. Um, But I've been in households where addiction was a real problem um, of all kinds, drugs, alcohol, all all the stuff. I've been in, you know, households where there was definitely a an emotionally abusive vibe, even though there wasn't a physically abusive vibe. Um, And all of these things like I'm familiar with it. It makes me sick to my stomach. That's probably why I feel so passionate and so like enraged when I hear about these things happening to people like, you know, can't we just live in our own happy existences and our little space bubbles and make our spaces amazing and then just, you know, enjoy every day of our lives until the day that we die. But unfortunately, for so many people, that isn't their reality. And their reality is so far from that, that you can't even really see the bright side of the rainbow, if that makes sense. So I want to say, I don't know, it's weird. Like I feel emotional saying this. Um, I don't think I've ever actually had an emotional podcast episode before. Um, But I want to say if you are one of the people who is in that type of situation, any of any of the above, um, and it just feels like there's really no way out or that is just reality. That's just how things are. It was a very long time before I really understood that people could have happy relationships. Um, You know, the the type of people that I was attracted to in my younger years, and even like right before I met Matt, they were toxic relationships. I am not unfamiliar (laughs) with toxic relationships. I've had them before. I've had relationships where my partner drank a lot, or where there was a lot of just name calling and just hatefulness and negativity. And, you know, that whole back and forth, just sick cycle that some people get into. I've had toxic relationships before. Luckily, now my relationship with Matt is so far from that. Um, But that is the message that I want to tell you today. Because I remember a time in my life where I thought that things like that didn't really exist. Like I saw the movies, you know, I heard what people said, but there were times in my life where I really did not think that things like that existed, that you could just have a happy life without any kind of toxicity or, you know, like that people, everybody had some kind of little just lurking demon inside of them that they were just masking and maybe pretending if they acted like they were happy and, and, you know, like that everything was fine. Um, And that's not the case. I can tell you definitively that's not the case. So if you're in some kind of trapped reality right now, or you're in a a toxic relationship or an abusive relationship, or it's not even related to a relationship, but you're just in an environment where everybody is toxic and negative. And, you know, maybe there's some kind of addiction that's floating around. And it's really, you know, understand that that does not have to be your reality. I know, like, seriously, there is a whole other way to live out there. There is a whole different reality and way to exist that doesn't include any of that stuff. And you can absolutely have it. You deserve to have it. Um, So I just, you know, I want to say that for anybody who's in those, because I know, like, I've... I've been around this stuff before. I've been a part of this stuff before. 
And I know that if you really knew and you truly believed that there was something so much better out there, it would be a no brainer. Like you would already be living your better life. I think the problem is that a lot of us, you get so used to the same thing from so many different people and you're inside of this bubble, you know, kind of like a community to where maybe your friends are the same way. Maybe everybody that you're surrounded with is the same way and this is an accepted reality. Um, And then it becomes really difficult when you're in that echo chamber to truly believe that there's something better out there, that there's another possibility out there. And I'm here to tell you that there is. And literally, all you have to do is believe it first, take a leap, you know, go out into something that maybe you're unfamiliar with, something that's unknown. Maybe that in your situation requires just detaching from every person that you know and completely starting fresh, which is something else I've done before. Um, You know, whatever it takes, Just believe that it's possible and take the action steps that you need to take in order to make that a reality. And you literally could. I mean, you know, it takes time for those emotional ties to kind of dissolve. It's not like you leave and all of a sudden everything is better because you still have the mental and emotional ties to the way that life is right now, the way that you're experiencing it. But over time, and it doesn't even necessarily take that much time, I promise you it gets better. Okay, so I do want to leave a resource if you are or you know somebody who's going through an actual domestic violence type of situation. Um, the website to go to is thehotline.org forward slash help. And you could probably just go to thehotline.org. They have so many resources on here. You can obviously you can call them. Um, but if you're not comfortable with that, they even have chat options. There are just so many different options. They really want to help people. Um, and then there's this whole section about creating a safety plan, what to do, you know, in order to prepare to get out of the situation, what to do after you're out of the situation. There are even resources if you are somebody who feels like you struggle with abusing, like with abuse, um, that, you know, you can even talk to somebody about that or, or approach things from your side. You know, maybe you have anger issues or temper issues or something, you know, something like that. You can also seek help. Like the whole point is that we want this type of situation to not be a situation anymore. So regardless of what side of it you're on, there are resources on this page. I was going to offer like, okay, so I read through this um, and part of like creating a safety plan if you are somebody who's being abused is to, of course, put away the weapons and sharp objects and create a safe environment. So I was going to cover some of that. Honestly, I don't think that I have that in me. I don't think that I, I don't think that's my calling to to teach about creating that type of home space. So I'm just going to I'm just going to send you to this website that will hopefully give you all the information you need to know. And of course, you know, if you have any questions for me, if you want to reach out to me or you want ideas on different things you could do inside of your house to make it safer in that method, I'll do the best that I can to help you. Uh, But this is not my area of expertise. I do think that it's a good idea if you're in a highly abusive relationship that you do make sure that the weapon items or items that can be used as weapons are put far, far away and that things are made as padded and safe as possible. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, Again, not an expert, but this website looks like it has a lot of really good stuff in it. And I'm just going to, I'm going to close down the whole abuse part of this podcast episode right there. 
because I think that if I talk about it again, I'm going to need to bring somebody on who is a professional with this so that they can give you they can give you more valuable resources. The best thing that I can tell you is what I just told you um, a few minutes ago or a few seconds ago that there there absolutely is a better life out there for you. You just have to believe that it's there and you have to be willing to take the steps to go toward that, you know, in that direction of that new life. So I hope that anybody listening to this feels maybe a little bit more supported, you know, be brave, be strong, be smart. Um, Hopefully you can take a little bit of my strength and use that to help yourself through whatever situation you're in. Um, Okay, so for addiction, this is something that people are ashamed to talk about. I know, um, I know a whole lot about addiction from just various standpoints and tons of relationships and, you know, all the things. Um, It's way more prevalent than what you think. So while there is a lot of shame behind it and shame behind some of the behaviors that people take when they're on these different drugs or alcohol or whatever it is, um, it's that doesn't mean that it's rare. Okay, there like a large portion of the population has some kind of a problem with addiction, a large portion, it's all over the place. And right now, you know, with us being quarantined at the time of this recording, at least in a lot of the places, um, you know, things like the groups for AA or Al-Anon or whatever, whatever, all of these different types of groups are likely closed. I mean, depending on where you're located, they're probably closed. And so you don't have that outlet anymore. Uh, So I would love to encourage you, though, to have an if your if your group doesn't already have some kind of another outlet, like say a zoom meeting, even, you know, like something to where you can still feel like you're connected and you're not like on an island right now by yourself trying to make it through this. Um, I definitely encourage you to incorporate some kind of a supportive community, um, whether it's like online, like I said, like a Zoom chat or Skype or whatever, just to get people together. Because I know that that support system is really necessary and really valuable for a lot of people um, to be able to make it through this program. And right now, especially if some of your time markers are removed to where maybe you used to go to work for eight hours of the day and you didn't drink during that time, Um, but now you're not having to go to work. Now you're home all day long and you're around people who are maybe frustrating you and you have nothing that's really holding you back from starting your drinking at 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the morning or, you know, whatever. First of all, before it even gets to that point, If you're somebody who just enjoys drinking, you should really set those limits on yourself. Maybe you don't have to by outside limits, but I mean, when you start day drinking, it's like a slippery slope. I could tell you it's a slippery slope uh, and not just drinking, whatever, like drugs, painkillers, even prescription medications, just whatever it is. Addiction is addiction. Um, That is a slippery slope. Put some kind of, at least put some kind of borders some kind of limitations for yourself. Even if it's not externally imposed, you can impose it on yourself. Not drink it until five o'clock. I mean, that's kind of like a standard rule that's been in effect for a long time. Just keep keep that one in effect if that helps. Um, but don't start, don't start, you know, like waking up in the morning, brush your teeth and then have your mimosa and then kind of drink it throughout the day. It's a slippery slope and it does affect people. I want to, I know a lot of people, that's kind of the, the addict's, you know, 
mantra is, well, I'm not hurting anybody but myself, it absolutely does affect the people that are around you. Um, I've had relationships completely ruined because of this. Um, It's very hard. It's very insidious. I feel like most people who start drinking or start using drugs recreationally don't start with the intent of, oh, I'm going to become an addict. It just It happens over a period of time, and then it becomes something that you can't control anymore. Um, So it's not worth it. I know that a lot of people will say, um, well, I'm a friendly drunk, or you know what, I feel like I'm actually a better mother or a better father when I'm on whatever drug it is, because it makes me more tolerant, and it makes me more pleasant. And a lot of these beliefs can like really seed in there. And then before you know it, you're trapped. But look, I know that I'm not going to make a podcast episode that's going to make somebody with a deep addiction to anything um, quit just by listening to this podcast. So I'm not even going to try. My my goal here isn't to make all addicts stop being addicts. Um, That would take way more than a podcast episode. Uh, My goal is to ideally give you some hope, um, give make you feel supported, and then also just to give you a few tangible things that I actually can offer. you know, being that I'm not an expert, I'm not like um, an addiction coach to walk you through things. So here's what I've got. First of all, if you are prone to using or drinking or whatever, um, put it out of sight, out of sight, out of mind, right? It may not completely solve the problem, but definitely if you have all of your stuff or beverages just lined up on a windowsill somewhere or out on the table, then you're much more likely to go in and pour yourself a drink. So at least, at very least, put it out of sight. Um, Another thing I would say is to really create that environment that I'm always talking about, that supportive, holistic type of environment. Create an environment that supports the version of yourself that you're trying to be. I think that that's huge. I truly believe this. I think that um, that environments can help change lives. Uh, that's true. I believe that with my whole heart. I think that if you have a space, for example, that looks well put together, it looks more productive, you're going to feel more productive. As opposed to if you have junk all over the place and laundry that's piled up on the floor in different areas and bottles of liquor that are spread across the table and just junk everywhere, you're going to feel like not being productive. You're going to feel like pouring a drink and having a drink, right? So your environment can help to influence your mood, your emotions, your attitude toward taking certain types of actions. And I believe that if nothing else, we should be tapping in to that resource, tapping into the resource that is our environment that can help to support different types of of energies and, and attitudes and moods. Um, so definitely, of course, I'm going to recommend that you do that. Also, And this is a big one. This is a huge pet peeve of mine. And I just get so frustrated even thinking about it. Go against this whole stupid mom wino culture. I mean, I swear, I can't even look at t-shirts at Target without coming across something that has some witty quippy saying about moms and wine or women and wine or at my age, I only need glasses and it's got like a bunch of martini glasses or, you know, quarantini because we're in quarantines. I mean, you know, like, oh my God, I just, it really frustrates me. It gets under my skin when I see the way that culture is trying to push, especially moms into being these alcoholic winos and it's working. 
I mean, I see it all the time on Facebook and family members. They think it's hilarious, um, you know, with all of their little wino paraphernalia around the kitchen um, with all these cute little sayings or t-shirts or whatever. And it makes me mad because I've seen how it actually impacts people. I've seen it destroy people. Um, it's not funny. It's not cute. It's not necessary. Like it's just, it's like this, this whole cultural push that I really don't understand. And it makes me so mad. And I'm not a prude. I'm not opposed to drinking, you know, occasionally I'll have like a Mike's hard lemonade or something like that. Um, I don't enjoy drinking so much. But there were definitely times in my life where I did drink a lot. And I'm still humiliated by those times, the ones that I can remember. Um, it, It just... It really is more impactful than people let on and it's not it's not necessary. It's not cute. Um it's okay to go against the culture. It's okay to like make people think that you're a prude and decide to go to a party and hang out with your friends and not drink and not get wasted. Like that's okay. Would you rather look cool or would you rather be happy and healthy? Like I would rather at this point in my life, I would definitely rather be happy and healthy than worry what the hell anybody else thinks about what I'm doing and the decisions that I'm making. And I think that a lot of times that leads people down this path is that they think that they need to be a certain type of person and show up a certain type of way for all of these other people. That's going to be a whole different podcast episode. Um, because it's it's poisonous. It's like life ruining when you put that much of your own well being into the thoughts and opinions of other people. So again, like create a space that's supportive to the goals and the type of life you're trying to live. Go against the culture. Screw what other people think. Um, be your own person and do what's right for yourself and your body and the life that you want to leave. And if you are already in an addiction program or something like that, and this is really putting a hiccup on your journey to to healing, um, look at other outside of the box options. Do virtual groups. Be sure that you're talking to your other friends and checking in on people who are going through the same thing that you're going through. Um, find a support system and make sure that you have a solid support system in place that's tailored around the situation that you're in. You're in quarantine. That's your situation. So that doesn't mean that you give up or that there's nothing you can do. No, you just tailor your program or your lifestyle to the situation that you're in intentionally. Because if you're not intentional about the actions that you take or about how you spend your hours every day, you know, what time you wake up, what time you start drinking, if you're not intentional about that, and you don't give yourself some kind of boundaries and some kind of system, you're, you're way more likely to just fall back into the trap. Okay, so now I'm going to put a pin in the addiction speech and I'm going to place that back on the shelf. And for the rest of this time, I just want to chat about general toxic spaces, just general negativity, being around people too much, you know, like getting on each other's nerves, quick quipping back and forth, maybe like having some depression or super apathetic laziness going on to where things just feel blah all the time, you know, just any kind of any kind of toxic environment arguments, um, you know, so all of that stuff. Uh, So first of all, space is important. I mean, really, like regardless of what type of relationship you have with somebody, if you're not around that person, 
then you're way less likely to be triggered by them or to be annoyed by them or to be affected by them. You know, like when you're around somebody who's just super pessimistic and depressed all the time and everything sucks and nothing's funny and, you know, like that type of person, we all know that type of person. Maybe you've been that type of person. Um, If you are not around that person in that bubble, they're not able to spread all of that negativity like a virus onto you. Maybe virus is a poor word for that, but they're not able to spread that onto you. Stay out of their bubble as much as possible. Now, maybe that person, if especially if you're in quarantine together, maybe that person is a child, like maybe you have a teenager and they're going through that time, you know, like that negative phase of their life where everything sucks and nothing is happy anymore. Uh, well, I mean, you know, maybe you can't just completely detach from that person and you wouldn't want to. Maybe they're your spouse and they're just going through a hard time for some reason. They lost their job or, you know, something else is going on. Maybe something's happened to one of their family members, whatever the situation, space is still important. You don't have to be like in a person's space and bubble to still be there for them and to still love them and be supportive to them. So it's just like I talked about last week when I was talking about that Nurses Week special and how nurses should plan some kind of a holistic space zone that's their own that's separated from other people. And Listen to me, like while I say this, I know that not everybody just has an extra room in their house that's just sitting there waiting for you to take it over. I get that. Uh, we rarely do, right? I mean, you all of our rooms are going to be used for something. Even if you have an excess of rooms, chances are you're going to find some purpose to use that room for and it's already going to be docked. I get that. But we can always find some kind of space. We need to find some kind of space. So whether that is like a part of a room that you just make into your own and you somehow set the furniture up to make it feel separate, to make it feel like it's your safe spot, um, or whether that is the deck. You know, for me, a lot of times, I'm the only person who usually goes on the deck. I'll go sit on the deck in a chair by myself outside, enjoy the sunshine, and that's my me space. Um, I put a tent up in the garage, for God's sake, so that I could have a place to record that was away from people. But if I need to completely retreat, there's another space. Like You can get super creative with it. The point is that you need to have a space. So I recommend, just like I did last week for um, the nurses who are really needing to recharge and recoup from working a lot of hours, I recommend finding whatever your space is going to be, claiming it. And by claiming it, I don't mean like put a stick in the ground or a stake in the ground and say, this is mine, but mentally and emotionally claiming with claiming it, you know, kind of a um, emotionally attaching yourself to that space. Like, okay, this is where I'm going to feel comfortable. This is where I'm going to retreat when I start getting frustrated or when I need to just be alone or when I need to read a book without hearing other people's video games or whatever going on in the background. Um, Just having that space established is huge. It doesn't have to be time consuming. It doesn't have to be something that you take an entire day renovating to create the perfect space. Um, You can, it's up to you. If you need a project, there's an idea. Uh, You, it can be like, you know, where you bring in your favorite throw blanket and throw pillows and just kind of give it just a few little extra enhancement pieces that make it feel like yours to make it feel like your space. We have to have space. And especially that's super important when you do live in some kind of a toxic environment. Um, 
yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to like put myself back in different scenarios that I've lived in in the past where I was just surrounded by people who were really depressing. Um, you know, sometimes they were addicts, sometimes they were just constantly bickering with each other and having these big like live, you know, ground shaking arguments that are, you know, not necessarily loud arguments, but like this underlying tension. Isn't that the worst? Don't you hate it when you're stuck in an environment, you're trapped there. And then there's this constant underlying tension from all the people in the spaces. And like in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, gosh, if you guys would just say what's on your mind, just say what's bothering you and talk it out. We wouldn't have to have all of this passive aggressive tension. If you can't tell, I hate passive aggressive. There's another key for you. If you are in a toxic environment, make sure like do a gut check and and pay attention to the facts and, and the out the playing out of whatever, you know, scenarios you're in. And make sure that part of it isn't that you're just holding back all of your thoughts and opinions and bottling that in. Because that's toxic in itself. Uh, That makes you miserable. It makes other people around you miserable. It's called passive aggressive. Whenever you just like hold on to all these things that are bothering you and just have this little bit of a negative attitude when you're whenever you're around people, you know, just like, "Mm, mm -hmm," and then just keep going. And people are like, what, what is she so pissed off about? Have conversations, have like normal adult human, pleasant conversations about what's bothering you, what you would like to see more of, what you would like to see less of, how much space you need on your own, um, you know, all of these things. Because maybe it won't help, but it's definitely not going to help to not have a conversation. If nobody knows where other people are coming from, then there's always going to be a disconnect. There's always going to be a layer of tension. And that tension can escalate into just straight up toxic environments. So we want to create that positive environment. And that positive environment consists of people being able to retreat, having space to retreat if they need to, all the people, having a certain level of open, honest conversation. And another thing I'm going to add in there is forced breaks. And I've noticed this like just even with myself, I get more irritable and frustrated when I'm in tunnel vision and something for several hours at a time. And I totally have the capacity to do that. Um, If I'm working on, you know, like creating Facebook ads for one of my products or, you know, updating, like if I'm doing some kind of work um, and I'm trying to figure something out and maybe it's not coming together or maybe I really get into creating it, I can sit there and stare and tinker at that thing for hours. I mean, like eight, nine, 10 hours straight, just sitting in my chair, eyes boring into the computer for hours at a time. And whenever I step away from that, especially if I don't get to the point where I feel like it's completed and I feel happy with it, if I'm forced to like stop in the middle of that process, in the middle of that progress, and I've been just working nonstop for a really long time, I'm super irritable. I'm totally oblivious to what's going on around me or what people are feeling or doing around me. My mind has been like tunnel visioned on one project for too long. And I can be very harsh, you know, I can be super irritable. So taking forced breaks, like I've started using an app uh, that I use a lot of times that's called the tomato timer, I think is what it's called. And basically, it uses the Pomodoro method. The Pomodoro method is um, something that has 
work cycles broken down. So you work 25 minutes, you take a five minute short break, 25 minutes, five minute short break, 25 minutes of working, and then you take a long break for 25 minutes. So it's kind of it's like broken down like that. And the the idea is that we actually accomplish more when we're hyper focused on something. So the 25 minutes of working allows you to be hyper focused on one task, knowing that when that 25 minutes is over, you're going to be forced to take a break. So it, it causes you to focus more. Anyway, so I, <laughs> I've started doing that because the forced breaks is really valuable to keeping your sanity and keeping your social pleasantness. And that can also be just forced breaks from tech for your kids. Maybe you've noticed that like when your kid is sitting there doing stuff on their computer, regardless of what it is, um, or watching a TV series on Netflix or whatever, after a certain period of time, they just become way less pleasant to be around. They need breaks too. So we all need some kind of breaks from whatever it is that our brain is latching onto. Breaks can make things feel lighter and more pleasant. And again, this will then not be added to an addition to a toxic environment. So that's one way to kind of lighten the environment. And on that token, pay attention to the types of stuff that you're putting into your brain. I always say whenever I'm, you know, teaching people or sharing about ways to to change your environment or to change your situation to feed your brain, like the thing that you want more of. So for example, for my students for Clutter Cure, if they're wanting to try to sustain a clutter-free environment, I say, well, you want to have things in your news feed, like your social media feeds, uh, or wherever it is that you are checking into daily, you want to have things there to help you feed your brain to support these changes you're trying to make. Well, that works the opposite way too, in that you want to make sure that you're feeding your brain while you're off all of this time, things that are going to make you feel good, things that are going to make you feel happy, um, that are going to be a mood booster instead of like feeding into this whole miserable, toxic, depressing um, thought train. Because I've found that a lot of people and I've had a lot of friends back when I was in college and high school, you know, ironically, not so ironically, we're not really friends anymore. I don't really talk to these people anymore. It's because it's depressing to talk to them. Um, so, but uh, anyway, so I found that a lot of a lot of these people, though, they are intaking media, whether it's movies or just like types of music and music videos they're watching or just things that they're involving their brain in, they're they're interacting with regularly, are not pleasant things. Like they're depressing things. They're toxic feeling things. Um, so what you feed your brain with is absolutely going to impact how you're experiencing your life. I, I mean, that's just the way it is. Like whatever goes into your brain is in your brain and your brain influences what you're experiencing in your life. I'm not saying that like playing video games where you're a sniper and shooting people is going to make you go out and shoot people. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that you can't say, like without a doubt, what you're feeding your brain regularly, whether that's news media, um, you know, the types of music that you're that you're taking in. And this is coming from somebody who loves rap music. I do. I listen to rap music all the time. Uh, but as I'm listening to it, I'm paying attention to the lyrics that I'm listening to and singing along to. And there are some that I just will not do. I'm like, man, I love this beat. I wish that they weren't saying all this crazy stuff because then I'd be able to really get into it. But it turns me off, you know. So just paying attention to the stuff that you're allowing to come into your brain, the people who you're allowing to like ruminate inside of their space bubbles, because all of that stuff is going to impact how you're experiencing your own reality. So if you think about it, 
It really all comes down to boundaries, which is something that I've talked about a lot. Uh, I think I already have a podcast episode up that's about boundaries. Um, It's all about boundaries, setting boundaries for the amount of time that you're delving into things, setting boundaries for the amount of space that you're, you know, that you're setting aside for yourself or boundaries on the amount of time that you're spending in somebody else's space bubble, setting boundaries for where you place things inside of your home, like, for example, the alcohol, if you're trying to not start drinking earlier during the day, setting boundaries on the times when you do start drinking, or boundaries on the times when, uh, you know, you do take space for yourself, or when you do step away from your projects to just really socialize and come back to the world that you're actually in. Um, All of these things, boundaries, are key. They're huge. You don't have to be a a huge stickler or killjoy in order to set some positive life changing boundaries that are really going to help you to migrate your life in the direction that you want to migrate it into. Hopefully that makes sense and resonates with people. And then of course, just having those conversations, whether you're right or wrong, just having conversations about where you're coming from, what's bothering you, um, what you could use a little more of or a little less of, you know, that's just one mild way, hopefully mild, unless you're just really laying it down and screaming at the person, which I don't recommend. That's not the type of conversation I'm talking about here. But that's one mild way to really establish a boundary and keep things flowing smoothly and keep the toxicity from really building up and filling the room, filling the space, because that's what happens. You know, so much, so much happens. People have arguments or pent up resentment or bitterness or depressing depression that's just kind of like spreading to different people in the house or anxiety, you know, some of those panic people who are keeping everybody else in the house and panic and high alert that the country is just going down and, you know, like all of that stuff. You got to pull yourself away from those other bubbles, put some boundaries and see where your own brain and where your own intuition leads you without all of those negative influences. So I really, really hope that you at least get the message out of this. Um, Hopefully some of the things that I shared are things that you realize that you can implement inside of your space. I was really just trying to pull on my own personal experiences and things that helped me and that have helped me in the past and areas where when I was living in some more toxic situations, um, areas where I feel like I could have made changes sooner and made myself happier sooner if I had realized and I had had implemented some of this stuff, you know, before now, things that I'm comfortable with now. Now I'm super comfortable with having a conversation or super comfortable with setting boundaries on whatever I need to set boundaries on. Um, I've become comfortable with things like that. I wasn't always um, and I wasn't always happy either. I got to say, it feels nice finally getting these words out there and having a conversation, starting the conversation. Um, Even though I'm not an expert, uh, and maybe in the future, I'll have some experts over to touch on some of these specific topics. You can let me know if that's you or if yes, I really do need more of this particular thing. But I feel better that I've at least put that out there. And hopefully, hopefully, if you leave here with nothing else, you'll leave here with the big overarching message that I really wanted to send from my heart to yours, which is No matter how bad things are, no matter how toxic your environment is, or how long, many years you've been surrounded by 
people who just keep this whole toxicity cycle in rotation, like there's no other way to live, doesn't matter. There, I can tell you definitively, there absolutely is a better way to live your life. You can be happy. You can be happy like almost every single day. It's, it's absolutely possible. Um, but you have to believe that you can first. And you have to be willing to let go of the bad things, the negative things, the toxicity. You have to be willing to let go of the toxicity before you can have the other thing, the happiness, you know, the, the clear space, the positive environment. I see you. My heart is with you. And I'll catch you here next week. <laughs>